This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Vivek on from Hacker Rank, and our topic is fantastic. It's how AI is changing how companies hire software developers. I've actually wondered about this while all the chat GPT stuff has been going on. So it's fascinating, or it's actually going to be phenomenal to talk to an expert and what they see, because Hacker Rank sees all this stuff on the back end. So Vivek, would you do us a favor? and introduce yourself and for those that don't know Hackerang. Sure. Thank you, William. Good to be sure. on the podcast again. Uh, sure. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm sorry. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Vivek. I'm one of the founders and CEO of Hackerang. For those of you not familiar with Hackerang, we enable developers to get hired and upskilled on skills over pedigree. So we build products across the lifecycle journey of a developer, from in helping you prepare for a job, helping you get hired, and helping you continue to upskill yourself once you join the organization, all on the notion of skill over pedigree. We have 3,000 customers who use our product for hiring and upskilling use cases. We have 22 million developers in our community who use it for practicing before they actually get to a job. And we are about 350 people across America, India, and London. And yeah, AI is going to change everything. So one of the things that I love that y'all do is you've said it twice, skills over pedigree. It also, it, it helps reduce bias, right? There's always going to be some level of hiring bias that's there that we're either aware of or not, but skills base, it kind of levels the playing field. I know that you've been really interested in that in the past. Just tell us a little bit about how you've seen how skills make things more equal for folks. Yeah. So before... Starting HackerRank, I worked at Amazon as a developer in the Kindle team, and I used to do a lot of technical interviews. And that's when I realized it's there wasn't a great correlation between resumes and skills, which means I had interviewed people who were really good on paper, but completely bombed in the interview and vice versa. And that was the inspiration for us to go ahead and start the company. And we started the company with a basic idea around enabling the screening process in the hiring, screening stage in the hiring process to be based on skills, where instead of looking at a resume, you can give them a code challenge, they can take the code challenge, and based on how well they solve, you can determine the next steps or not. And that just opened the floodgates for just like our traction adoption, because it was a huge productivity boost for hiring managers. Recruiters could actually open up the net to a wider section of population. And more importantly, it allowed developers, regardless of your background, to be able to get a shot. You're able right. to give a shot and get the dream job that you would like. So that's how it all that's how it all started. And then we realized like it's not just about the screening stage. Like every stage of the hiring process can be really reinvented fundamentally on skills. And that was that's what got us to think about interviewing, upskilling, learning everything on skills and it's pretty pretty profound i think there's like an old adage of talent is everywhere but opportunity is not and skills oh, are nice. leveling field for that 
That I love that talent is every, every is everywhere. Opportunity is not that is wonderful. So, what have you seen? With I mean, you know, you've been studying large language models and AI for a long time now. But what are you seeing in how it changes how hiring managers are looking at developers, or even how developers are approaching the hiring process? Yeah, no, AI AI has been there for a while, but I think ChatGPT was a very powerful moment in AI. And it's very interesting because the underlying technology transformers was invented by Google and they shared the paper about three, four years back, but nobody really gave it a lot of attention. Like maybe or like a small cohort of people gave it a lot of attention. But ChatGPT just exposed the power of AI to millions of users across the globe. And so that was like a real powerful AI moment. And now you there's again like an old quote of every company is a software company. And today I think that's getting replaced by every company is an AI company. So everyone is trying to reinvent themselves on things that you could do with AI within the application. And specifically when it comes to HackerRank, I think we're in a very interesting moment of, in time for HackerRank because there are like two ways of how you could think about the implications of AI. One is around how do you make your hiring process more productive, more efficient by getting intelligent signals and things from AI. The other is around what is going to be the future of programming in itself and how AI-assisted tools going to fundamentally change the way that you think about code, that that you think about building software. And we believe AI Copilot is going to be the norm of how you're actually going to build software in the future. So in our vantage point, we're really innovating on both of those axes of, hey, if this is going to be the future of programming, how does the future of learning, future of assessments, future of interviews, future of upskilling, all of those things change. So that's one dimension. And the other dimension is a general improvement in productivity across the board on all of our products and applications. Yes, it's a very exciting time to be working on this. And so do you think if one's ahead of the other, do you think recruiters and hiring managers are ahead of software the developers or do you think the developers are ahead it's two-sided as you said and both of them are going to advance in their own kind of unique ways but are the software developers seeing this as an opportunity and saying you know well, let's get in front of this and or recruiters seeing it as an opportunity to vet and even go deeper into qualifying candidates i don't know if it's like ahead or behind i think i'd say Developers are certainly, I think we ran a report, we ran a survey to all of our developers in our community, 82% plus said, hey, we're really embracing AI in our day-to-day job, which is pretty stunning in terms of wow. the level of penetration. So they are either using a co-pilot or they're using ChatGPT to ask questions, they're doing something. And it's pretty stunning how quickly it's penetrated across the developer population. So certainly the way that you're going to build software and the future of programming is going to change quite a bit with AI assistance. It's also, I believe, going to lower the barrier to entry for developers to, for more people to become developers. And I think you generally see the trend over time of the barrier to entry getting lower and lower because to learn assembly language, the language in itself was cryptic. And, and then it went into a better higher abstraction language of C. Then it became a better higher abstraction language to Python. The IDEs got more powerful. Cloud became easier to go ahead and deploy the things that you'd like. So in general, we have innovated across a lot of 
technological areas to lower the barrier to entry for more people to become developers. And today they're like close to 100 million developers in the world, which by the way, is still a small fraction of the 4 billion or so white collar professionals. So there's still like a tremendous amount of white space. And I think AI is going to act as a pretty large accelerant on that. And then when it comes to recruiting and hiring managers, I think the way that you think about recruiting, the way that you think about hiring is also going to fundamentally change. Like how do I, how does AI make a lot of these things more productive? Can you predict based on certain signals, whether this is, this person is going to get a job or not in my company? And if that's the case, can I do something different? So there's a lot of really cool activities or things that, that we can do through in AI to improve the productivity. I love that. Let's tackle a couple of these as we can. Do you see the AI assistants helping recruiters or even hiring managers with ask this question? Because I think sometimes, especially in technical recruiting, the hiring managers are probably really skilled, but the recruiters themselves might not be as technically savvy as the people that they're hiring. Do you see AI playing a part in helping them give a better interview, actually give a better candidate experience, ask better questions, more direct questions, et cetera? Yeah, I think there is a really good book. I'm forgetting the name of the author, but it's called Deep Medicine. And essentially, the book talks about the impact of AI in the field of medicine and healthcare. And one of the chapters had this anecdote or story that stuck with me. There are a lot of interesting anecdotes that stuck with me, but one of them was around how the job of a doctor has become less about building and cultivating a relationship with the patient, but more like you need to check all of these boxes because you just don't have time. Talk with the patient to even understand what's going on in their lives. Because candidly, a lot of the work, this might be controversial, but I'm just like quoting the book. So a lot of the work that doctors do right now can be really automated. And the reason why you actually go and visit a doctor is for the human connect, human touch, which which is starting to decline because you just like... updating a lot of different systems, making sure that things are up to date. And I was reading that there's a the very strong parallel. You can even think about it in the recruiting industry where recruiters and hiring managers are bogged down by so many of these tasks. Maybe they are like a lot of these schlep tasks that you need to work through coordination, updating feedback and writing notes and a lot of those schlep tasks that you just miss out on the core thing of building and cultivating a relationship with a candidate, determining if you and the candidate are going to work together well, or answering the question, being super present at the moment. So I think a lot of the things that we're going to see AI do is going to be able to do a lot of those quote-unquote grunt work or the step tasks that recruiters and hiring managers are already doing right now, going to free them up with that and restore or enhance the connection between the recruiters, hiring managers with their candidates. And that's actually going to build a stronger, more powerful candidate experience overall. Right. And because, again, you're getting AI is replacing Again, it could be AI as a combination of machine learning and other types of things, but it's getting rid of that low-value task. Like we saw it really early on with, like, scheduling where you, you can remember the times when you had to go back and forth over email <laughs> yeah. and time zones. And it would take like hours of your life to just schedule a meeting with a candidate. And now, now a bot does that in seconds and it's all set up. So it's like there's a lower value task. 
you're going to be taken away from recruiters and hiring managers, which is fantastic. And also think some of the lower value stuff for candidates as well. If we were to talk about their experience and some of that stuff, they don't have to go through some of the painful things that they used to because of AI as well. How are you seeing it with hackering? Like, how are you seeing it with your own customers, not with specific names or anything like that, but just how are you seeing them deploy AI and, and on the back end? And again, either they're getting better and hiring software developers and they're just getting faster, either a higher quality, like something's happening and AI is helping that. I just want to kind of get your take on that. Yeah, I think I think the sentiment is the same as everyone in general. There isn't specifically, maybe the higher level sentiment is the same and we can d- dive deeper into it, which is right. they're both excited and scared. <laughs> I guess that's probably the sentiment that everyone shares yeah. about AI right now. <laughs> And, and and I know like the the tech the large tech companies are trying really hard to fight for regulation, which is very refreshing to see. You don't want to be a monopoly on this because AI in the hands of a bad actor can be pretty destructive. But I think like in general, it's both excitement and fear. Excitement around wow, this brings in like a lot of new possibilities to optimize the hiring process better, to be more customized journey maps for people who want to upskill. Maybe it's going to result in more developers in the future. And fear in terms of what's going to be the level of plagiarism and proctoring. Can I, how much more can I trust the signals that I actually get? What if an AI is actually solving most of these challenges? It's a fine line between embracing AI in the new world, as well as making sure that you retain the integrity of the score of the assessment signals that you're actually giving about a candidate. And that's usually the conversations that we're having with our customers. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've gotten the exhilarated and overwhelmed privately or personally exhilarated from recruiters and hiring managers, like the opportunities are boundless. But the overwhelming thing is, okay, but now how do we suss out the pretenders from the, the folks that aren't pretenders? Like how do we, how, does, did it just make our jobs harder? is kind of what I get personally from recruiters and hiring managers and sourcers as well, is did this just, did all of this just make my job harder? And I think that's the kind of fear that you hear and that y'all are getting as well. It's like, okay, is we all recognize this is a wonderful thing. However, (laughs) was it unintended or is it an unintended consequence of, okay, your job just got harder because now there's more noise. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Yeah. So where do you, as you look at software developers, and I love that you're lowering the barrier to entry through the years, you went through a really nice architecture of just showing people, hey, let, right now my 13-year-old's learning scratch, drag and drop. It's much easier than C+. <laughs> so it's going to get easier. And I think you said AI is going to make the development of people's lower the barrier to entry for people so that more people can become developers. Yeah. I think if you just think about, if you just think about like the areas where you get stuck, it's usually when you're starting to learn to code, things are, you get a compilation error and compilation errors initially are not the most easiest to understand. It has a bunch of, yeah, the formatting sometimes is not very user. It's not very intuitive. Line number, column, this file has an exception trace. It's not super friendly. And you're going to like probably copy that error message, 
based on Google, somebody would have actually asked the same question in Stack Overflow. You got to wait through the answers to determine which one is right. Maybe your configuration of your machine is different from the person who gave the answer. You're going to try back. You might not succeed. Maybe you succeed, but you may not. And you got to like work through it. And maybe you're just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to give up or I'll just come back later to work on this. But now imagine, and who knows, like how many people just ended up doing something else than at that moment. But today, just imagine you have an AI assistant next to you and you say, hey, I have this error. Can you please help me debug? And gives you in the most, in, in the clearest pointed answer, like how a developer sitting next to you would have given the answer that just like unlocked me i yes. can now go ahead and solve it i'm now i've unlocked a new level in my programming abilities it's so, like what they call so writers you get more confidence and yeah. now you can, like take on a bigger problem and, and that's how you create a new program you just created a new developer that's just like one example of how yeah. a deep thing thing can just enable you to have create a programmer almost who wouldn't have who would it have normally done and the other thing is the other side of the, or the other sort of section of people, people are very creative. They have a lot of ideas and it's very hard to translate your ideas into prototypes. And I think AI does, is going to do an amazing job in helping convert your idea into prototypes, which you can just start to use and navigate. And that gives you a lot of confidence for you to continue to work through the prototypes and make that even more powerful, even more stronger. And you just again, like you created another set of programmers or developers through that. So I think there's lots of examples like this, that AI is just going to facilitate and lower the activation energy for somebody to become a developer. You know what I love is you're describing kind of writer's block, but for software developers, developers, yeah. all the developers I know, programmers, they all go to a point and they hit a wall and then they either search around on Stack Overflow, or GitHub or friends and follow all that stuff and just, hey, I'm hit a wall with this, can help. And there's plenty of different ways to do that. But now having kind of an AI assistant go, hey, <laughs> here's how to, here's a 16 different ways to get past that wall. I love that. I think that's great for the audience. I did want to ask you about two things before we end, because I know y'all do a really good job of this, which is with Hacker Rank and Proper, and it's fraud and, and preventing fraud and ethical AI. So we'll, we'll, let's take one of them at a time. How do you see kind of the intersection of fraud and what you do with Hacker Rank and, and AI? Do you see it as a tool that you'll use, deploy to see if if there is fraud in some of these tests or somebody's taking a test? Do you see it helping you with fraud? Or you, is it just like you said, is it exhilarate or overwhelmed? <laughs> Which yeah. side of this are you on right now? I am. It's a good question. Which side am I on? I think it's basically for <laughs> the day. Some days I'm very excited. Some days I'm super scared. Seem terrified. Um, yeah. And what, what, what's going to happen? I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know if you've been looking at it. It's not just the AI and GPT. There's this right. thing called the LAN chain, which yep. essentially yeah connects the output of one to, to the input of another. And there's this person who actually built this program, which looks at all of your receipts. And then it has a bunch of different bills. So you have United Airlines, flight ticket, United Airlines Wi-Fi, Comcast, a bunch of things. And essentially he asked this auto GPT, which is essentially similar to LangChain, it connects a bunch of different outputs to inputs and then continues to work on to go ahead and dispute the United Wi-Fi bill on the protect <laughs> of 
hey, the Wi-Fi didn't work. After the letter. <laughs> After he's used note, it for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Sent a note, did not get a response, continued to send a note. I think it even called on his behalf and basically just did not stop until United, somebody from United responded. And yeah, he got the money back for the Wi-Fi oh, that, that he spent. That's genius. And and probably I also think he did the same thing for the Comcast bill. I think it's called Do Not Pay. That's a really funny name. <laughs> I think it's Do Not Pay AI or something. When you look at those use cases, you can't help but think, "Wow! Imagine if this is in the head of hand of a bad actor and That's right. actually really prevent this. It's not possible to prevent it. It's like a nuclear bomb kind of a thing. That's right. That's right. It can fundamentally destroy the social fabric of humanity." So when you see examples like these, it's really scary. And then on the other hand, I'm just like, I'm learning a lot of things with ChatGPT right now. I think Richard Feynman had this quote of the only way to know whether you really understand a subject is if you can teach a five-year-old. Right. I'm not exactly, I'm paraphrasing his quote, but the idea was you got to know the concepts at the most atomic level for you to feel confident in the bigger concept. And there are lots of concepts that I actually don't know. And it's very hard to Google. Like, for example, what's the role of Visa, the credit card company, my bank, the processor, merchant fees? How do all of these things work together? Those things have been there. What is the role of the cell, human organism? What is a protein? What is an enzyme? What is a DNA? What is an RNA? What is mitochondria? How do all of these things like gel well together? And then it gives you such a coherent answer. You can ask follow-up questions. And then like, how is money created? What does it mean by Fed is printing money? Everybody talks about that. Who decides the interest rate? What happens? I'm sure all of this knowledge is spread across the web, but talking to, it it feels like you're actually talking to someone you learn, you can ask follow-up questions and it's so coherent and really good. That on these days, when I actually learn something like this, I'm like amazed. Wow, this is like my own personal tutor. And imagine if everybody had access to this, it's just going to be pretty amazing. What's so, it? Yeah, it depends it's... upon the day of when you catch me, whether I'm scared. <laughs> You're somewhere vacillating between the two. I'm yeah. terrified or, but you know, that what's one of the things that you brought up, we'll just have to carry it over to another show. And it's how this is changing education and training. Yeah. Like it's fundamentally changing the way that kids are going to learn. They're just not going to learn the way that we were going to learn. You're not going to go and read a book and then discuss. That's us out. I could talk to you forever. I absolutely appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been such a great show. And I love what you do. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much. Really appreciate having me again on your podcast. 100%. 100 And thanks for everyone listening. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.